Hey everybody, welcome back to the Mad Yet Mighty podcast and I am your host, Megan Cipollone. How the hell have you been? Oh my god. Wow. Wow. Yo, can you even believe this moment is happening right now? I sure as shit can't. I am sitting here on this microphone, 30 years old, looking out the window of my apartment in South Carolina and just wondering where the time has gone. No, but seriously, where the time has gone. I mean, we're approaching January, y'all. I mean, we're <laughs> let's not get ahead of ourselves like everyone gets ahead of themselves at the Christmas season, holiday season, whatever. Um, we are, we're about to hit a new year, but the thing that I think that is shocking me the most is that I am sitting here and I am coming up to a year of living in South Carolina. The last time we spoke, um, well, it's actually a funny story. I was trying to record, I not tried, I had a podcast, I had recorded a podcast, I had set up my ancient as crap MacBook that I got when I graduated high school. That thing was a dinosaur, but man, it lasted like, I don't even know, like 12 years. And um, I had set it up on a box and I had my microphone. It kind of, when I just said box, it sounded like Jennifer Coolidge. And I try to do her accent all the time and I can never do it. But I set up my laptop and my microphone on a box in the middle of my family room and I was a box okay now when I try I sound like a box that sounds like Donald Trump okay so I'm just gonna stop and just not even try when I try to do a Jen Coolidge I like want to do it because it's like in and everyone's doing Jen Coolidge impersonations and I have to just realize that the only personation I'll probably be able to do in my entire life is Joan Cusack but I haven't been able to whip her out of my butt recently back to it um yeah, I was recording the fine, like a final Cincinnati episode as I moved, recorded the whole thing, and my MacBook died. I mean, it was kiboshed. I can't turn it on. It's gone. Like, it's dead. It's dead to the world. And you know what? Rightfully so, right? New era. We're all about new eras right now, y'all. We're in the 30 era. Yes, I am coining. I thought it would be a little cheeky funness. Um, I wanted to name this this episode 30 in um, an homage to Adele and also just to me being 30 and being in this new era of my life. So many eras. We have Taylor Swift's um, red era that's coming back and everyone is just every every girl. You know, it's it's funny because it's like I going back to red. Red came out in 2012. I was just I was two years out of high school. I mean, we really grew up with Taylor Swift and Adele. I mean, Adele, I, I always like look at, I remember looking at Adele and being like, oh, she's way older. Like she has this voice. She has this wisdom. She has this soulfulness that you just don't expect. And um, she was my age like the whole time. Like, well, it, I don't know if she's 31 now or I, whatever. I digress. But this is, this is 30. This is the 30 era. I'm so happy to be sitting here right now and to be recording this. When I say that now, it has been a crazy almost year um, of moving. And then when I officially got here and was trying to get settled, I just, and my MacBook broke. So then I was like, oh my God, what am I going to do? And then I was like, well, you know what? I'm just going to take a little break. And then a break turned into, you know, eight months. I did, however, 
purchase a new laptop. And I did that very early on. But then I realized that the laptop that I purchased, my new MacBook Air, they don't have any plugs. There's no USB. There's no HDMI. You have to then go and buy plugs to do it. So it was just like, it was just like, the enemy outside forces were just trying to knock me down, like as I already don't knock myself down enough. Um, hi, my name is Megan Cipollone, and I don't know if anyone knows, but I'm a self, I'm a um, recovering self sabotager, and I'm a recovering people pleaser. Two totally different things, but um, yeah, feel like um, feel like a lot of us relate with that. So a little bit of a reason why it's been so long, but I also just um, got to a place where I, I just wanted to immerse myself and be, I just wanted to get acclimated here. And that's exactly what I did. And it's been a really, it's been a really interesting, it's been a year, almost a year. I'm not going to say it's a year yet. In February, it'll be a year that I've um, been just, up and left Cincinnati, Ohio, and have been living in um, Columbia, South Carolina. And you know, the, we'll 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 get in we'll get into everything. I don't want to just dive right in really super fast. Um, and actually, honestly, I have been sitting here and I have been getting everything set up. I finally like had all my new. I bought, went to multiple WalMarts to multiple times to get these attachments to be able to record. And then I had to move over files. And I've been sitting here and I actually was just fidgeting around and was thinking about recording like an intro on top of my intro. And then I just decided to keep talking because it just started to, because you know what? Every time I get on this microphone, it doesn't even matter if I'm ready or if I'm not ready. When, when, when the red light goes on, baby, it's, it's game time. It's game time. And I just, I just go and I go and I go and I go. <laughs> it's like, I didn't even skip a beat, you know, it just comes out. Um, yeah, I, I have genuinely been thinking about this podcast every single day since I've not done it. I think about it all the time. It's honestly has been one of my favorite things that I've ever done in my life. It is something that I, I'm so proud of, um, you know, I look back and I, I, I don't even know how many archived, I mean, trust me, I'm no Joe Rogan. Let's, let's just, let's just set that out that, set that straight. However, um, I am Megan Cipollone, so, and there's no other Megan Cipollone, but this one, let's just, let's just say that. I don't think the world could handle two of us. Let's be real. Um, no, but I'm super proud of Mad Yet Mighty, and I have vision, not even vision, y'all. I just, this is just me, and it's honestly is the safest place that I feel to just come on and just talk and be myself. I have something that I'm, you know, working on every day and something that I hope I continue to work on is just, you know, I have, I have just such, I have such freedom when I speak to the microphone and I have freedom when I speak into my life and when I speak to people, I just, I struggle with anxieties around being still just, I accept myself and I accept my authentic self and I love who I am, but there are some times where I feel stressed out about being myself in front of other people. And like, trust me, I'm somebody who like just can't be anything else. And I understand that 
it's not going to work for everybody. And I understand that there are times where people might not, I don't know. I don't know if I make people feel, I mean, I, it's not that I don't know. I, I know that my personality and the way that I am can make people feel inferior. Um, it's just a feeling, it's a feeling that I get and it's a change in energy in people that I know when I meet them, when I talk to them, when I become friends with them and I see like this change in people. It's very interesting and, um, you know, it's just something that's, it's been more on the forefront since I've been in a different state and making new friends, um, meeting new people. Um, it's very, very interesting. I see this consistent habitual thing with relationships it's like people love me and like can't get enough of me at first and almost like want 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 to be around and then it's like I see this flip and it's like I when I start to feel comfortable with people I'm trying to figure out how to like describe this in a way that and I'm sure that people who have who go through this are understanding what I'm saying right now but um, it's like when I meet people, it's like I constantly have to earn, constantly have to earn my spot. Like I have to be the one to go up and say hi. Like I have to, like I'll see people who we've talked and we've seen each other. And like, if I don't say hi, they will not say hi to me. Whether that be neighbors, whether that be people that I know, it's, it's just something that's so interesting and something that makes me feel so insecure. And like, that's just, that is just fact. It's like, what do I have to do? Like, do I need to jump off a bridge to show you that like I like, it's just, it's just interesting, right? And I think we all go through that as like adults. I think it's more of like this adult thing, but it's just, it's been very much like on the forefront with me just because I've been in this place where all I'm doing is meeting, is meeting new people. So like, I'm going through things that like, I'm going through these like interpersonal relationship things that I just haven't been through in a while. Um, it's just been very, it's just been very eye-opening. I mean, it's not all. And like, when I say that, I'm not, it's, it's been good. I mean, and I'll naturally get into it, I, I, you know, trials, tribulations and all that. But um, it's good to be back. It's good to be on the microphone. I am coming up on a year here and, um, you know, re-signing a lease and, where am I going to live? And I, just to kind of give you like geographically a little bit of a picture, um, Columbia is the, is the state, is the, is the, is the capital city of South Carolina. So downtown Columbia, it's pretty smack center. And then if you were to go out like 20 minutes from Columbia, I live in a town called Irmo and I live on Lake Murray, which is an extremely large lake in South Carolina. Huge. There's actually like a city underneath it. It's crazy. It's very interesting. There's like a lot of history. Um, so I'm not like my my immediate surroundings are like not a city or not very urban. I'm definitely so like, and I don't even want to call it suburbia because it's not suburbia at all. Um, you know, this is the South. And from somebody who was born in the Midwest, which I still to this day don't understand why Ohio is called the Midwest. Ohio is literally like not in the middle of the West of the map. Like when you look at a map, which I'm not looking at maps all the time, but when I'm looking at a map and I see Ohio and I'm like, but Ohio is like, is like, is like Mideast. 
I'm just, this is something that I just will continuously fight on. Anyways, consider myself a northerner. People down here, when I first moved down here, I mean, could spot me out. Like, I, I mean, it was very interesting because it's, you don't think that you stick out, but then people literally were like, oh, you're not from like the way that I talk, the way that I dress, you know, it was just very evident that I was not from here. <laughs> and, um, with like everyone, but there's a lot of people that fly north to south here. Um, a lot of people that I've met that are just from New Jersey, Indiana, um, New York. Oh my God, that scared the shit out of me. And there was just a firework that went off. I was like, what is falling in my apartment? Oh my God. Okay. Well, I don't know if that picked up on microphone, but there was a huge firework that just went off. Not sure why, considering it's like, there's not at all any reason to have fireworks. But then again, we are out in the country here. So, um, yeah, where I'm at, um, being from somebody who grew up in Cincinnati, a metropolis, a city, you don't really realize it until you take yourself out of where you're from. When you remove yourself from where you live your whole life, it, which is what I wanted to do. I, I wanted to move. I wanted to experience I wanted to ex have new experiences. I wanted to see new things. I wanted to meet new people. I wanted to push myself out of my limits. I wanted to stretch myself. I wanted to continue to evolve myself. And, you know, what better way than to just completely pick up and move out of state? <laughs> like, have no one here and just start from scratch. It's so funny. I have, when I was first moving down here and was meeting people, like, the looks that I would get, they'd be like, you move down here by yourself? I'd be like, yeah. And like people I would meet who I knew and who I was like trying to like become friends with at first was just so confused as to why I was here by myself. And you live here alone, like by yourself? And it too, like it was just, just the questions. I'm like, why is that so hard for you to understand? Like, what is it? Because I'm single and I'm here by myself and I'm, you know, and like, and I'm like affording a life by myself. Does that look weird to you? Is it because I'm, why did I move here specifically? Like, what is, what is it about this that you're like not really understanding? And like people were so, um, and not everyone, but I guess there was just particular people when I first moved here that were, um, and it was funny. It was a lot of the times it was like males that were just very confused and like, I had someone tell me like, I just can't figure it out why you would do that. And I was like, what do you mean? Why I would do like, why I would move and why I would move somewhere for a promotion at my company and like live in a different place and like have new experiences in life. It was just so, it was just so interesting to me. Yeah. I was like, what part of that is, is, um, are you not understanding or what part of that isn't like, is, what have, have you not seen like a, like a, like a young like successful like female do it on her own like is that what's I don't know it was just it was interesting but I'm I just I wanted I'm somebody who when I'm unhappy or when I'm bored or when I'm not enjoying the things that I'm doing anymore I I make moves I make changes it's something that I've always done um, my whole life. So things that I used to look at as failures, I, I completely had to switch and understand that I'm somebody who can pivot and I'm somebody who is resilient and I'm somebody who um, puts themselves in challenging positions because I get bored and because I like, I like to figure things out. 
I'm good at figuring things out. And um, so as I live here and as I'm coming up on my year here, um, you know, it's been interesting and I'm actually considering not living in this area. I'm actually in the in the process of considering of moving and living actually downtown because I've found very desperately that my urban heart misses being in an urban area and misses being by a city and misses being by things that are new and that are upcoming and that are fresh and that there's energy, you know. I'm single. So like mama isn't like casting herself out to the boonies to die, you know? And as much as it's been beautiful and it's been great and like waking up and seeing the lake and all that and it's just been really beautiful. Um, it's I'm, I'm starting to feel again a turning inside of me. I'm starting to feel shifting inside of me. I'm starting to feel longing inside of me. And um, it's only literally 20 minutes. It's not, it's like nothing. It's like I go there for work anyways. So um, yeah, I'm looking to possibly move downtown and be on the river which would be really nice downtown columbia is not big at all um so it's very manageable but um yeah things are kind of starting to shift and move again and that's just who i am and that's who i will always be is somebody who is if they're not happy or if they're wanting something not even if i'm not happy because i'm happy i just if i want to make a change to better myself if i want to make a change for me I'm making a change for me and I'm always going to do that. And I'm proud of that. And that's definitely something that, um, you know, I recognize and I just, I made a promise to myself a year ago, a couple years ago that I was not going to let fear run my life. And if I wanted to make a new blueprint for myself, I was going to make a new blueprint because we can do that. We have that choice. Um, everyone does. And it's just so interesting when you really think of like how much and you know, trust me, fear still holds me back all the time, i.e. this podcast. Um, something that I love so much and something that I'm um, not to toot my own horn, but that I feel that I'm just so, you know, I'm going to say it, I'm not even going to be afraid to say it that I'm good at. Um, and I enjoy and why do I let fear get in my way of just doing something that I like I don't know but I'm still in a process and I'm still working through it and um thank you for working through it with me but um that's a little that's a little blip a little catch up and like I said we'll dig more and as as I come back to life and on this podcast we'll dig kind of more into maybe stories or things that have happened but that's just that's just where we are I'm sitting here I've had my bags packed I'm leaving it is Friday the November 19th I am um, packing up and monkey Carson aka monkey who is sitting right next to me because that one singular stupid firework scared the living lights out of him we're packing up and we're heading back to Cincinnati tomorrow and we will be there for Thanksgiving. So um, super excited about that. Super excited just about the holidays coming up. And um, it's going to be it's gonna be crazy. I have a lot going on. December is going to be wild. I'm going to Disney World, going to Charleston, um, back home for Christmas. So I'm excited for the holiday season. I'm excited to just have some... <coughs> Gosh, sorry. Holly jolliness. Also possibly might be having surgery around my sinuses. And that's a whole other story that, you know, probably nobody cares about. And we're not going to get into it. But um, what I want to 
what I wanna. I do want to talk about some things that I have just been dying. I've been dying to talk about. Um, so, y'all. Okay, first things first. Um, <laughs> okay, Kravis. Let me just let me just let me just get into Kravis. And for those of you who are like Megan, what's Kravis? Trust me, you know I'm always going to break it down for you. Um, Kourtney Kardashian and um, Travis Barker are together engaged actually which is the most amazing thing when they first started dating um I was super excited about it thought it was a little strange a little out there but you know it was different and I enjoyed that Courtney was not just doing Courtney's never really done the whole like rapper um athlete thing I mean she's been with Lord Disick for over 10 years they have four beautiful children for Mason Penelope Rain Oh, Mason, Penelope, and Rain. If I'm missing a Kourtney Kardashian child, I swore she had three kids. I don't think so. I think she has three. Crap, if I'm missing. No, I don't, I'm not. Kim has four. I digress. Um, when I saw she started dating Travis, you know, of course you're like, ooh, this isn't going to work. And, and then you just continuously see there's nothing that I love more. And I think what I love about this story is, is that like Courtney has been somebody who was like, and this is just coming from somebody who's been a long time keeping up with the Kardashians fan. I don't care what you say on account, what kind of hate you have. We don't have room for that hate on this podcast. Um, Courtney has always struggled with just like the whole, I mean, watching her be in just these, like, she's never had like a love that has just been like watching her and Scott on Keeping Up with the Kardashians was the most tumultuous, tumultuous, toxic relationship ever. And I love Scott Disick. I thought he became a huge comedic relief on the podcast or on the podcast, but came, became a huge comedic relief on keeping up with the Kardashians, but it was sad because like, it just didn't seem like yet yeah, Courtney and him loved each other and they were, they were partners and they had children together, but they, they weren't in love with each other. And there's such a big difference between loving someone and being in love with someone. And seeing Courtney and Travis, which it's, it's also funny to me because like, I feel like millennials or Jenna, I don't know. No, I'm a millennial. I don't I feel like the younger generation, like the age that I listened to Blink-182, I was a big, I mean, I remember watching, um, hearing a classmate play Adam's song at my sixth grade talent show, staying up, watching MTV music videos until like 2, 3 a.m. at sleepovers, watching the I Miss You music video, and just like, loving the shit out of Blink-182 and seeing them in concert when they like came back to tour and just every little bit of the alternative little girl inside of me that just loved Blink. It, it just, it's, but people really don't know Travis Barker now for Blink unless you're like our generation, younger generation. You just know him as like the sick drummer that plays with Machine Gun Kelly, which like, that's a whole other couple. That's a whole other couple that I really don't like give it give a crap about um I mean like Megan Fox obviously have like um Holiday in the Sun hello and but like I don't really listen to Machine Gun Kelly like I'm not gonna lie there's a couple of his songs now that are like dope like the I sweat I never fall in love that was a really terrible really really terrible I'm I'm a little off on the impersonations tonight but like can get down on that song big time um, 
but yeah, I guess like I, I do like, I get on relationships really easy just because who doesn't like to ship love, right? We all like to love, love, unless you're somebody who likes to hate love. I like to love, love because like, I'm like, look, if they can do it, like if Courtney can find love at 40 and if Chelsea Handler, can we get on another relationship that I have just been literally spoon filled? Like I want to watch it because it makes me so happy. There's a couple couples that I love that they share themselves on social media because it truly brings me joy. The first couple that truly, truly brought me joy was Abby Wambach and Glennon Doyle. And my mom and my sister had followed them because my sister is a soccer was grew up always a soccer player. So obviously she like followed Abby had probably followed Abby for a long time. And I remember my sister and my mom telling me like they like sent videos. It was them like singing to their dog as they like walked her to her bedroom for sleep. It was like her bedtime lullaby that they would sing her. And I just started following them. This was before Glennon put on Untamed. And um, I just remember being like, wow, like, wow, those are two people who love each other, who were madly in love in each other and care about each other and like think each other's they like just adore each other and they each think each other is hilarious and funny and they're just always being like vulnerable but real but like can still laugh at each other. I just I, I just eat them up. They're such a good follow. And then when I started seeing um, Courtney and Travis, I was like immediately just like anything I could get my hands on to like see any content like, oh, they're posting a story like, oh, I need to go watch Kim's story because I need to see if Courtney and Travis are on Kim's story and so and so story and on Chris's story and everyone like I just can't get enough. Another couple I cannot get enough of right now is Chelsea Handler and Joe Coy, who another long time. So Courtney Kardashian and Travis Barker have been longtime friends because they're neighbors, they're neighbors in their Calabasas neighborhood. So Travis has actually been on Keeping Up with the Kardashians before. Um, they have kids around the same age. No, he has two older kids. He's like, he has two kids from his marriage with Shayna or Shauna, whatever her name was. And then he has like another kid from another marriage or I think he has a younger one. I probably should have done a little bit more research on it, but that's cool. Um, so they've always been friends and he's been around and then they just kind of, it was the right time. It was right moment, right time. Same thing with um, comedians, J- J- Chelsea Handler and Joe Coy. They've been friends for a long time. Joe did stuff on um, Chelsea's shows and they've always been friends. And then now they have this like amazing love. We're like, okay, if you've been a fan or if you know anything about Chelsea Handler, I've been a very big fan of Chelsea Handler for a very long time. Back to her sketch comedy show where she had Chewy and they would interview like elderly. I I just, I love Chelsea Handler. I loved her then. I loved her on Chelsea when she had Chelsea lately. I've watched her stand up. I follow her, you know, her Instagram. Um, huge Chelsea Handler fan. She's just so, she seriously is like so funny to me and I know is very vocal in certain aspects. Um, but you know what? Rightfully so. And I support everything that she, that she stands for. So, um, put my fist up in the air to Chelsea Handler, but she has been somebody who has been just very publicly, um, she's been very publicly single, not really been any big, um, relationships. She's been very on the DL about relationships and also has just not very spoken very highly of men in general. And just her due to her experiences and, um, social, you know, social issues that she supports. And I think it, she's just, so hearing her and just hearing how she, you know, she's in her forties and, um, single and I was and just to see her again somebody who has just 
been this person and has been like it's just been part of who they are to see somebody just do a completely one just to do a complete 180 is so once again so heartwarming the way that she talks about joe the way that she talks about their relationship i mean you would never think you would hear the words coming out of chelsea handler's mouth what what you hear and i'm i'm so here for it i'm so here for it it makes me so happy and it honestly just gives me hope um that i'm going to you know which i know we're not (laughs) Here I am. I'm just, you guys, I'm telling you. It's like, I don't even need to warm up. I'm already digging into all of all of the things. Um, but I, it just gives a girl hope, you know, just to see somebody so in love, so in love. Um, it's just a good feeling. Just a good feeling. Okay, so anyways, back to, okay, Kravis. So huge fan of Kravis. Um, they're engaged. We're going to see their engagement on the new Keeping Up the Kardashians Hulu show, which was so funny to me that they like made this whole big hoopla about leaving. I mean, I'm leaving E, I'm sure was heartbreaking. You've worked with crew and people for your entire life and now you're leaving and the show was on for over 20, was it 20, 14, 20 seasons? I've, I reported in one of the last, uh, one of my last podcasts, how many seasons and years they were running on E! Network, but I'm sure it was really sad, but they literally then signed a huge deal with Hulu to have a new show. So they're going to be back on TV. So that's what they're filming right now. So we're going to see the entire um, Courtney, Courtney and Travis. We're going to see them as a couple. I think they're probably going to be main couple or like main character. You know, Courtney kind of was in the background, but I have a feeling that we're going to get a lot of Courtney and Travis. Um, just because Travis has done, he's been in this, he's been in the limelight. He's done reality shows before him and um, his ex did till death do us. Wasn't it till something on MTV? It was like their show and then they got married. And so he's not, he's not a stranger to reality TV, but then in walks in enters Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> this is the craziest I'm still trying to wrap my head around Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson. Um, just absolutely crazy, really, to me. Uh, here was my initial reaction, okay? So my initial reaction was that, okay, Kim has now seen... Kim has now seen her sister have this really successful relationship with somebody who was completely out of the scope of who the girls and the sisters typically date, right? So now we see Kim. Well, first Kim and and Pete were seen holding hands. Um, I'm pretty sure, were they at Disneyland um, with, it looks like they were with, she was with Steph Shepard, which is her longtime assistant. I think she since has left. They're still best friends. I don't know if Steph works with her, but I know that she did. I thought I saw on the show, if I remember correctly, her like stepping away or whatnot, who knows where status of that date. But anyways, they look like they were on a double date. They were holding hands on a roller coaster. When I saw them holding hands and I saw Kim hanging out with Pete, I knew for a fact, I knew for a fact, this wasn't a little thing. This wasn't just like a um, a publicity stunt. Like I knew that they were definitely interested in each other and they were definitely on a date because Kim just doesn't just like 
isn't just seen photographed with men out unless she wants to be seen photographed with men out. So then we had that. And then we hear that Pete and Kim are having dinner in Staten Island um, where Pete lives. And so then now she's going to Staten Island, which where he having dinner there. Um, And then we're seeing pictures recently of Pete Davidson's birthday. And it's like Kim and Chris and Flava Flay. I have literally no idea why Flava Flay was at Pete Davidson's birthday. Now, allegedly... I've heard, I've not seen like, and I've not done a lot of deep diving. I'm only doing like, if I see a headline, if I hear it from other outlets, but apparently Pete and Travis like kind of run in the same crowd. So, okay, here was my first initial reaction. My first initial reaction was, I think Kim is seeing the success and the love that her sister has found in a, in a different type of guy. And I think it gave Kim this kind of freedom to search for love in unconventional places. And I think it made her, and then she had her SNL and her and Pete had her, um, well, that came first. It was her on SNL killing it, by the way. The Kim Kardashian episode of SNL, one, broke records. Two, was like so good. She is so good because Kim can... Kim's in on the joke, okay? Honey's in on the joke. She's been in on the joke. That's why she does so well. That's why she is, that's why who she is, who she is, because she gets it. She was able to make fun of herself. She was able to make fun of her family. I mean, nothing was, nothing was, it was, it was, it was, it was all up for grabs, okay? And, um, it was just so, I just, I, and I don't really watch SNL on the regular basis unless it's somebody I want, somebody I want to watch or I hear a skit's really funny or if there's a good musical performance, but it's, it's definitely something that I'm not tuning into all the time because I don't know, like the sketch comedy just doesn't always, it's not always funny to me. Like I, like I'll snicker, um, but Kim had some really good stuff and it was just super amusing. And like I said, she was really good. Um, so that's where I think her and Pete first kind of had their, their do do when they they did a they did a sketch that she was Jasmine and he was Aladdin and they were riding on the magic carpet and they like kissed okay they kissed in it it was it was a whole thing and then we have like our scene of events now and now um, did I read that they were planning a getaway I think I read I read on like Dumois that uh, her and Pete were then now planning like a romantic getaway and we're gonna be seeing them go on vacation together which is like what everyone does it's like we're gonna go on like three dates and then we're gonna go on like a two-week vacation um to like St. Bart's and we're just gonna like lay in thong bikinis on the beach and like paparazzi pictures are gonna take pictures of us and it's just very like it's just so celeb right um so yeah, I just think I, I I think Kim is looking for love in unconventional places, which is kind of strange because then you have Kanye like over here shaving his eyebrows, seeing like he was with a model like courtside at some like game, and then now he's on some he's he was doing some interviews saying that like him and Kim aren't getting divorced, and he wants her back and he wants the family back. So like clearly like I'm not really sure what's happening there, <laughs> but um yeah I think. I think she's given it a shot. I, I truly think she sees the love that her sister has. And and here's my take. Here's my hot take on Pete Davidson, right? So I don't really think when I see him, I don't really, I'm not, I'm literally not attracted to him at all. Um, like not even in the slightest bit. And I've not watched enough of his comedy. Now, one of my good friends was over the other night and she was like, oh my God, you have to watch him on Hot Ones. Like after I watched Hot Ones, like I totally understood and thought he was like, am like attracted to him 
Hot Ones is a now it is a YouTube show or not. It's not YouTube. It's a show on YouTube um, where people go on, they're interviewed and they eat like they have a they work up to eating like the hottest sauce on a on 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 a chicken wing so like they start really low and then they go really well pete davidson one has crohn's two apparently has zero um tolerance to spice so watching him do this i mean he's literally it it was it was scary at one point (laughs) you have to watch it it's so scary he is like his whole body is wet um and after watching it, it's it just it just still didn't do anything for me. I just do not think now if I was with him in person and if we were hanging out, there there is something to say about a man who can just who is charismatic and is funny, and is and is almost kind of self deprecatingly funny, um, which I think that it's it's totally Pete Davidson, and he's really tall and apparently he's, um, so we've heard from other sources, uh, apparently he's well endowed, and you know what, it, it, good for him. I can, I can, I cannot confirm nor deny. Um, but I think, you know, I think he's probably a a breath of fresh air and, you know, Kim's 41, he's 29 or something like that. He's probably into the whole thing. He, he thinks she's hot and sexy and she's, I mean, she's a business, she's, she's, she's an entrepreneur. I mean, she's, she's Avi, she's killing it. And, um, so that's kind of my take on that. And, Will I, do I think they're going to be forever? No, I don't. But I think they're going to have fun and have a good time. And you know what? Eh, I will suck in any, any media that I can find on them. So, um, yeah. But if I had to vote, I'm going to always vote Kravis because I just love seeing Courtney bounce on Travis's lap to all the small things at his birthday party. It wasn't his birthday party. They were actually at a wedding um, of like another very famous, like some kind of like Hollywood like couple. But it was his birthday and they played all the small things. And literally Courtney, as as, you know, as on cue is like sitting on his lap and they're just like having their own little moment, like at this reception for a wedding. Um, It was really cute. But I just I literally can't get enough. So that's just that. Um Another thing that we saw recently that came out in social media was the first picture of Hocus Pocus 2, which I, I kind of just like lost track of. And then I heard that they were filming and I know that it's going to be Disney Plus. So there's going to be money in this movie for sure. The girls looked amazing. Um, everyone's back. Kathy Najimy, Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker. They look amazing. They're in their original costumes. I'm dying. Um so I don't know anything about the storyline. I know that the witches are obviously back. I know that they have people casted. I know that there's no original people coming back, at least as of now, which is actually really sad. I wish they could have had somebody, like anybody. They're all so old and so different looking now. Nora Birch, who played Danny, um, I've seen recent pictures of her, and like she's obviously stunning. I have not looked up pictures of um, um, Amari Katz, who played the love of my life when I was young, Max. Like... I had a thing for just like the 90s, early 2000s, like long hair, like circa Sean Hunter, circa, circa Max from Hocus Pocus, like loved like um, Eric Vaughn. What was his name? Eric Von Detten. Was that Eric Von Detten who was in Princess Diaries and um, Suds and or what, whatever all those other um, Disney Channel shows are like that kind of hair, like the middle part hair that was kind of long. It's not a bowl cut. But you know what I'm talking about. It, that that just makes me 
that just makes me hot. Well, it, it did. It just was, I loved it. I couldn't get enough of it. Big fan. So I'll be interested to see. I'll be interested to see um, what it is. It's going to be Disney Plus, like I said. So they're going to have a great budget. Um, it's going to be fun just to see the girls back doing their thing. I just hope that they don't. I hope the script isn't shitty. I hope it isn't cheesy. Um, because I I just, I think it's, you know, Hocus Pocus wasn't, when it first came out, I mean, it went straight to, it went like straight to movie, VHS, didn't really have a following until it became a cult classic and now has this cult following. I actually went and watched it. There was a um, movie in the park here, um, a Friday in October and they played Hocus Pocus and it was actually the first and only time that I watched it all of October. And it was just, it just, it stands the test of time. It really does. I mean, um, Binks, like talking Binks looks good. Billy looks good. And it's because it stands the test of time because they didn't use a lot of, there's not a lot of CGI. There's not a lot of weird, like there really isn't a lot of, um, like the stuff that they do, like the special effects that they do, it's like just enough, you know? So, um, we'll see. I'm excited about that. I'm excited to hear. I'm just excited, but just hopeful that it's not total poopy, you know? That's just my hope. But like I said, I think the acting, I'm like, hopefully again, it's not a cheesy script. The acting's going to be great because the, the character acting in the first Hocus Pocus still is just so good. I like cannot even get over it. Um, can y'all believe that Harry Potter turned 20 years old? That is like the most, it's like the most unbelievable thing. Um, and I was actually sitting down cause I know Harry Potter is literally like on every channel, like of all life of all the time. Um, but I actually sat down, um, my least favorite, I always said my least favorite movie was Half-Blood Prince. And, um, I actually sat down and watched Half-Blood Prince and then Deathly Hallows 1 and part two again. And, I really enjoyed, I just really enjoyed watching all three of them the other day. And I just, it was so like crazy that 20 years old, 20 years old, I'm, I was going to say, how old am I? And I already like, <laughs> um, God, 20 years old. So it came out when I was 10. Wild. I remember reading my mom giving me the Sorcerer's Stone. It was like paperback. And I remember the cover and was just like the original artwork on the cover. And God, I just love those books so much. I read them all. I don't even know how many times I read them when I was little. I was just, I'm just obsessed with it. It was just obsessed. I'm so glad. I'm so happy that I was able to like read Harry Potter and that my parents allowed me to read Harry Potter. And I went to every single midnight showing. I literally dressed up as a Death Eater at one midnight showing um, mask and all. I mean, from my waist down or from like my knees down, it was, I was wearing, (laughs) it looked like a death eater meets like a gothic Peter Pan, which like, if I could redo it now, I would maybe change like my pant and shoe choice, but like, you know, it is what it is. But, um, I remember driving around, driving around with my friends and I was hanging out the window and we were playing like the theme song and I had my mask. I was like, literally like you couldn't see anything. You couldn't see my hands. You couldn't see my arms. I was in a full cloak. I was in a hood. I was in a mask that had a hood. And then like my wand, and then I had a wand, Avi. Um, and people asked to take their pictures with me at the movie theater. Like, <laughs> I loved a Harry Potter midnight showing just like the rest of them and they were crazy and they were there was a lot of tears there was a lot of cheering a lot of laughter a lot of clapping um 
But, you know, I actually was watching an interview with Chris Columbus, who directed the first two before then they get taken over by the new director. Was it vice versa? Chris Columbus took over at Prisoner of Azkaban. Um, no, I'm, no, no, no. Lied. Chris Columbus did the first two. And um, he was they were just kind of talking about, you know, CGI and whatnot, what he would do and. He said that, you know, now's about the time where they could start filming for Cursed Child and have all the original characters back playing them. So it, it, I feel like they have to do that, right? It's a book. It's out. Um, it's, been, it's, it's been adapted on Broadway. I feel like now we're just waiting for a movie. Um, and I feel like that's a very possible, possible thing in our future, which is exciting. And something that is turning into a movie that is coming from Broadway that I am just so excited about. I could freaking cry. And um, it's Wicked, y'all. Wicked. Wicked the musical is coming to the silver screen, and I am so excited. So it's been, it was rumored, it was rumored. I mean, I've been waiting for this Wicked movie. I mean, I remember looking at IMDb like literally over over seven years ago, waiting for Wicked. It's been rumored every single year and it's just been in talks and been in the works um, for, for a very long time. And we finally, it's finally happening. Um, we know who's going to be our Elphaba and who is going to be our Glinda. Glinda is going to be played by Ariana Grande, which I'm not, I am still kind of reeling from finding that out. Um, so Ariana Grande is playing Alphaba and then our, or excuse me, I'm so sorry, is playing Glinda. And then Cynthia Erivo is playing Alphaba. And now the only role that I personally know Cynthia Erivo from is she played a supporting role in a HBO short limited series. And it was called, bear with me as I pull it up here. And I'm probably, I don't know if I'm going to be able to find it. Um, that's literally the only place that I know her from. And I actually had to look I had to look it up because when I first saw her, I knew that she looked familiar, but I just didn't, I just couldn't place her. Um, so I'm trying to find The Outsider. It was a eight episode limited series on HBO and the, it was actually really fantastic. Um, and she played a character who was, they pulled in for like, it was obviously like a murder kind of thriller, creepy, weird. And they pulled her in mid-show to kind of help with the investigation because she was, they never really said flat out what she was, but she was definitely like an intuitive kind of medium um, type person who has been used and kind of freelances herself and helps um like FBI, I think, like investigators. So that's really all where I've seen her. As I'm going back and kind of looking at her, um, all the movies she's been in. I mean, I literally don't write. She was in Harriet, um, the movie about Harriet Tubman that came. Oh, she played. Oh, she played Harriet. Jesus. Okay. Well, she played Harriet and Harriet. Um, and then literally all, there's nothing else that you're going to know her from. She is also casted in Pinocchio that looks like it's coming out in 2002. She's playing the Blue Fairy, but, like, we have nothing from her. Apparently, when I went to her Instagram, she does sing, but, like, all I'm going to say is, is this. I love this musical wholeheartedly with my whole soul. 
I saw the second cast ever in New York. I sat like third row orchestra. I saw Soshana Bean play Elphaba. Megan Hilty play Glinda. I had like the most amazing cast. David Ayers play um, Fierro. Was Ben Vereen my my wizard? I don't think so. I don't remember who my wizard was. Um, but let's just say this. For anyone, spoiler alert for Wicked. If you've not seen Wicked the Musical and you're planning on seeing it, spoiler alert. But when they sing, when Elphaba sings Defying Gravity before intermission, I'm I'm telling you all right now. So my dad took me to New York when I was like 13 because it was like my dream. And um, we saw Wicked. And like I said, we saw Wicked third row orchestra, which is literally the third row from the stage. And I watched Elphaba rise up into the air and sing Defying Gravity. So Shauna Bean riffing her ass off. I sobbed through the entire Defying Gravity. I sobbed literally through the entire um, intermission. I then kind of collected myself for the remaining act two, but then like continued to cry during act two because then she sings No Good Deed. And then we have like the entire ending, which I'm not going to talk about because that is a huge spoil. And I was even shocked when I saw it. Um, And then when we walked, we walked through Times Square as I was wearing my wicked hoodie that I got that said Defying Gravity on the hood was wearing that and was so overwhelmed with emotion and just couldn't even put, and this is just like the total empath in me, could not even put into words what I just saw, what I had just felt. It was my first time really experiencing a show, not at like your local theater, but like on Broadway. And it was, and I mean, it was as powerful as that show. I mean, Wicked is one of the best musicals of our generation, of our time. Um, Literally still crying. <laughs> People probably thought but my dad was probably like, you need to, my poor dad put up with me. I mean, I like, I like could not stop. I was sobbing. I got back to the hotel and literally called my mom and continued to like sob and like couldn't, and just was like, just so overtaken by emotion. Um, which really sad thing because I like cherished that hoodie with my entire heart. Um, literally it was a zip up hoodie. It was a black hoodie and it said defying, um, defying gravity on the hood in green. And I wore it over to, one of my quote unquote best friends, um, in middle school, I think it was middle school or high school and, um, I never saw it again ever, but then who showed up wearing a wicked hoodie and said that they got it when they saw it. But I'm pretty sure you could only get that hoodie from like the merch stand like or from the merch place, like in New York. She did. Hmm. And I never saw that hoodie again. Wonder where my freaking wicked hoodie went. Yeah. I know where my wicked hoodie went. You know what? And you're going to have to go to the grave with that, knowing that you stole that from me. So you know what? We're just going to put a pin in that because I haven't forgot it and I won't forget it. Anyways, so yeah, those are our, um, you know, Ariana Grande, obviously she has a voice of an angel. I mean, clearly. And like, I'm somebody who like can respect her talent and can respect what she can do. It's, it's, I'm very interested to see how it's going to be. She's going to be Glinda. Obviously I think she's, I mean, it's going to be amazing. Like it's going to be amazing. Her voice, we'll see. It's it's we're used to um you know the role being originated by Kristen Chenoweth and everyone following it. It's been a very um specific vocal type of a role played. Um so and Ariana Grande is just completely different. I mean, she's R&B pop. It's so it'll just be very interesting. I'm super excited. I'm very very excited to see um how they're going to adapt her into the role. 
Um, Alphaba, and like I'm saying, I don't really know a lot about Cynthia Arrivo. I went to her Instagram and listened to some of her music. Shoulder shrug. Uh, eh. Okay. Now, I will say this, which I think is so crazy. I was peeing one day before they announced the casting, and I literally had the thought, I was like thinking, because I know, I obviously knew that you know, it had been announced that John Chu was going to be directing Wicked. He just did um, In the Heights, which was um, one of, and I'm totally, um, I was going to say I'm totally like spacing, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda's, uh, one of his musicals, and they adapted it for screen, did it, came out, released it on HBO and in theaters, I believe. It was, it was, it was good. It was good. I have some kind of qualms about some of the acting was so you know I mean you call me a snob or whatever but um I have some qualms about the acting once again if I love it and I'm sold and I'm a fan I will eat it up um so I enjoyed watching it come to the movies I enjoyed watching it and hearing the music I love the music but um some of the acting was eh -eh with the um with the with the leading females and just kind of was disappointing to me a little bit um but so John Chu is directing he did Crazy Rich Asians he did In the Heights I'm sure he, yeah, yeah, his film repertoire. So the guy can do a really beautiful, a, you know, a very beautiful, big, big movie. Um, this is going to be big. This is going to be big. There's a lot riding on this. There's a lot riding on Wicked. So I am just hoping I am, I am, I am not being negative about it. I am being open-minded. I cannot wait to be wowed. I cannot wait to see the world that they create because we're obviously not it's not like in the heights which is taking place in the bronx in new york like this is taking place in oz so we have a totally different um you know fictitious land that they have to create and i cannot wait to find out who the remaining of the casting is going to be there's a lot of really wonderful roles that are still up for grabs obviously um and i'm just i'm hopeful I'm very excited to see Ariana Grande play Glinda. I really am. I want to be, like, I want to be impressed. I want them to impress me. I want to be excited. I want to be like, oh my God, it was so good. And I'm, I'm, I'm really hope, okay, back to my thought about what I was saying about when I was peeing the other day. Okay, so I was peeing and I was like, you know, I wonder who's going to play Alphaba. I obviously, like, when I was a young girl, I like, really wanted Leah Michelle to play Alphaba because, like, you know, duh. But... I had a thought to myself and I said, when are they going to cast a black, like, when are they going to cast a black woman as Elphaba? Like, that's what I'm waiting to see. Like, I'm waiting to see, like, a black woman cast as one of the leads in Wicked. And I had that thought to be like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder. And then the casting came out and I was like, holy shit, they're casting a black woman as Elphaba. I'm so excited. I, I'm so excited one, she's beautiful, and I'm like, I'm just, I, I, her, her, I'm, I'm very obsessed with like Cynthia's, like personal style, um, and I've like was going back through just like her jewelry and like just like I said, just her expression of style. I'm just like very into it. Um, so I was like, I'm like, oh my god, did I like have a premonition as I was peeing on the toilet that like they were gonna cast a black woman as Alphaba? And they did. So I, they did. So um, yeah, that's the little uh, side story about that. I'm. Very, very, very excited and cannot wait to hear more about that. Um, gosh, 
It's going to be so good. I can't wait to see like how they're going to do some of the songs. It's going to be crazy, crazy. Um, gosh, Lordy almighty. Um, I don't know if anyone's watching The Bachelorette. I'm watching the season. I feel like nobody's watching the season and everyone's like giving up and it's kind of making me sad. Michelle's been a really, really, really great lead. I also think Michelle is like one of the most stunning bachelorettes like we've ever had in a million years. The only thing about this season is it's like the guys are kind of eh. I mean, there's a couple that are fun to watch. Um, she's pretty very like even keel. Like she's not very dramatic. Um, you know, if she has a moment, she kind of she's she's very good at keeping herself together. And she's very just she's not like up here and she's not down here like she's very much in the middle she can navigate her way through the bullshit she's sent people home who were crappy but there's not really been any like dramatic things that have happened um there are a couple of guys like Brandon I think Brandon is so sweet like would I be into Brandon probably not um I kind of had a thing for Rick at first but then I think I was like does Rick just I feel like I can't get a read on Rick, but I feel like one, I don't like the name Rick and I'm really weird about names. I know that's terrible and I know that that's not like, um, like a good thing to say, but like if, like if a guy has a name that I don't like, there's a chance that there's a very large percentage of chance that I'm not going to pursue things with you because I don't like your name. Is that terrible? (laughs) Like, I'm pretty sure I like matched with a Rick on, um, like the apps and I don't think I went out with Rick but I just think I was like so turned off by the fact that his name was Rick that I like could not go on a date with him like I said that's not like I'm not saying I know that that not might be but it's just something that I just cannot help but there's a guy named Rick and I can't tell if he wears eyeliner or I feel like if I met him in person I think I might be a little bit weirded out by him his kissing is a little rigid I'm telling you if you have a bad kiss and I can tell on tv it creeps me out makes me cringe like hardcore hardcore um I don't really have a lot to say about it though other than I'm watching it I do find myself kind of scrolling on my phone through it though I'm not gonna lie like I'm just kind of like eh cool eh great but I love her and I support her Michelle as a lead so I'm like all in I'm like all in hard um a couple of little things that I've watched on Netflix and then I think we'll probably like wrap this has been like fun I had no idea that I was gonna sit here and record an episode and like here I am recording an episode it's like kind of crazy um but so fun uh love hard came out on Netflix it is their one of their holiday movies that they're releasing starring Nina Dobrev and it does have Heather McMahon um and you know what it was pretty good it's like the first Christmas movie that I've like subjected myself to that's like a new one and um you know obviously I've supported Nina Dobrev since Vampire Diaries big 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 fan of Heather McMahon even though she doesn't have like she she's like the her best friend in the show she is she is funny and she was really actually very natural very natural in front of the camera um Love Heart's good. Check it out on Netflix. It's a fun. If you haven't already watched it, it was like number one for a while um, when it first came out, which good for them. Um, but it is, I liked it because it had a lot to do with the apps and Nina Dobrev is like obviously single and she's on the apps and she matches with this guy and her friend is like, you know, you always do the same thing. Like just d- go out of the box, like go out of the box and like go see him, go like go meet him. So she literally drives and meets him and then, um, it's pretty much like downhill from there. She realizes, and this is all in the trailer people. So I'm not spoiling anything. She realizes that the guy that she matched with, um, she was catfished. 
Um, so she ends up then staying for Christmas and the hoopla ensues from there. It was cute. I give it, nah, I give it like three out of five presents. I don't think they have any presents in the movie, but that's just my scale. It was good. It was cute. Um, I actually just finished watching Made last night, which I didn't want to watch for a while because I just kept hearing like all the sad things about it and it like gave people anxiety. And I just didn't know if I was in a place, but I also heard it was amazing and um, motivational. And so I started it and um, couldn't honestly couldn't stop. It's been one thing that's actually has like kept my interest recently um, was was made and I finished it last night and I obviously like choked out a cry and then turned off my lights and went to bed um it was it was it was it was great it was great I mean it was it kept you on your toes I thought the acting was was incredible um from everyone from across the board ensemble I'm obsessed with um the love interest in Made, and I'm looking up his name right now because he was also in another series that I watched on Hulu. Oh, Nick Robinson, I think is his name. Um, one, I just think he's hot. <laughs> Let's be real. Um, but I also think he's a really, really, really good actor. And he was in Lord Almighty. What was it called? Where he was like the student, a teacher. Um, he's like the student and he's having like a relationship with his teacher and it just goes crazy. He's really good. He was in love Victor, which I've seen. He was in made. Um, Oh, he was in Jurassic world too. Huh? Interesting. Interesting. What else was he in love? Simon. That's where I like first think I really kind of like started to recognize him from was love Simon. Um, yeah, I think that's where I like first found my love for him. And then he's been in like, he's, he's, he's worked consistently. So he was really good. Um, he played like her love interest, baby daddy. Um, he's struggling with alcoholism. Basically the premise of the story is we're following, um, our main character and she is a, well, she's, she, I don't even know like how to, single mom but still kind of with her with this guy and they have a girl but you know she's she's suffering from she's suffering from a bunch of trauma she's suffering from um she basically picks up and leaves their trailer like in the middle of the night alex um played by margaret qualley and she picks their daughter up maddie in the middle of the night and leaves because she's tired of the emotional abuse um that she's receiving from um sean and her boyfriend, um, she has like n- nothing to her name. She has no money. Um, I mean, it's just like, it's as, it's as bad as you can imagine as far as just like somebody who comes from somebody who comes from nothing. Um, her mom, her mom ran away with her. Um, she, mom deals with uh, mental illness, depression, bipolar. They ran away from her dad because her dad beat, you know, beat her mom which we, you kind of come to know the dad and see him a little bit in the show. And then it's just about her being, you know, the mom raising her like on her own, basically being a gypsy. And then just kind of like how those circumstances just kind of like travel on, you know, you have like those cultural, cultural, um, curses. 
And it's about her getting up and breaking out and trying to make it when she has literally no money to her name. She's on multiple government assistance programs. She's trying to get away from her abusive boyfriend. Um, and it's just, and it's, and it's based on, I believe it's based on a true story. So, um, fantastic show, fantastic show. I, I give it, I give it, I give it five out of five, um, vacuums. I think it was so good. It definitely captivated me. Um, extremely eye-opening and just, man, super, super powerful and super motivational. So big fan, big fan of that. Y'all, I have got to tuck myself into bed. I got to get my doggy to bed. We're getting up early. We're hitting the road at like 4.35 a.m. to get to Cincinnati. Um, This has been so great. I loved every minute of it. It feels so good to be back on the microphone. Like I said, I just was messing around with my mic and was like maybe going to record an intro. And then I just kept talking. And then here we are. I don't even know how long it's been. And an episode later. And that's just that's just how it is. That's just how it goes. Um, if you're listening at this point, thank you so much for spending this time with me and catching back up with me. Um, we're back at it. And we're it's happening. It's happening. Mad Yet Maddie's back. Um, and for all those at this point, just to kind of give a little like quip, if you're maybe listening for the first time, um, Mad Yet Mighty, it just resonated with me so much, that title, when I was like creating my idea for the podcast and myself and journaling and whatever, you know, Mad Yet Mighty, it's sometimes I think when you look at it, it could be confusing and people are like, why are you mad? I'm like, no, the things that make us drive us mad, the things that are mad and also the things that are mad because there's definition. I go back in one of my podcasts and kind of really break it down. Um, the definition more so of like the Mad Hatter definition, like mad can also mean like quirky and unique. Um, so, but the things that drive us mad about ourselves, the things that are mad, the things that are mad about us, those are the things that make us mighty. Those are the things that make us us. Those are the things that make me, me, make you, you. Um, and I believe in that wholeheartedly and I've had to come into that. I've had to learn that. I'm still learning that about myself, but that the things that make me mad, make me mighty. They make things that make you mad about yourself. Not even mad, like mm, I'm mad, but just, it could be that or it, or it could just be the things that are mad, that are mad, unique, or the things that you don't like about yourself are the things that make you, you and are the things that make you unique. So the things were mad yet mighty. And that's where that origin stems, stems from. And I love it and I stand by it and I'm proud of it. But um, thank you. Like I said, if you're here with me at this point, thank you so much for listening. This has been another episode of Mad Yet Mighty. I'm your host, Megan Cipollone, and I will talk to you next time.